This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. The Wharton School will be hosting its annual People Analytics Conference designed to discuss issues at the forefront of corporate decision-making about how people they work with and are clients of, as well as using data even more to make important calls that can influence the future of their firms. One of the speakers at this year's conference is Kara Swisher, who you know as the host of the Sway and Pivot podcast for the New York Times. She's also a weekly columnist for the New York Times opinion section, uh, and she joins us right now. Kara, great to have you with us. Thanks for your time today. Oh, no problem. How you doing? I'm doing well. I guess let's start, and then there's lots that I want to talk with you around tech right now, but let's start with the conference and just you feel the importance of a conference like this and what you're going to be discussing, which I understand is going to be around algorithms. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to talk about the impact of them, how they should be regulated possibly, and, and how, they, how they're created and what problems that might ensue from them and also what benefits. A conference like this, especially in this day and age, I think becomes even more important, especially where we are knowing the importance of data moving forward and the use of analytics for, for companies as we move into the next uh, next couple of uh, decades. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think the issue is more and more we'll be using all these different analytics and, and we have to really think really hard about whether they're fair, how they're collected, what data goes into them and how uh, important it is to have uh, people really paying attention because they will be making a variety of decisions, and they already do, by the way, um, in ways that we don't understand the implications of, but we have to think about the implications of them. So specifically around algorithms, I, I know one of the things they talk about is the randomness uh, of moving forward with mm-hmm. them uh, in terms of the decision process. But I think people forget at times that there are people that put these algorithms together in the first place. Well, yeah, some of them are, are learning themselves. They learn themselves after getting a lot of data. Um, but, yeah, they're created by people. Um, people have created the algorithms. Often, though, a lot of how they decide what to do is in a thing called a black box um, and how they come to their conclusions. But it's typically based on the data that's put into them. And so if you put, you know, data that's problematic into them, they may come out with certain uh, predictions over time. The way you really want to think about algorithms is as a huge guess. It's really a guess, a really good educated guess as to what is going to happen. And so they're predictive. And, you know, people have their ability to make predictions. Uh, not very good, actually. Um, and then there's algorithms. Companies have obviously had a lot to digest over the last 13 months during this pandemic. And, and the expectation is that, you know, some elements of companies have, have changed, have pivoted forever. Uh, big tech obviously has had a role and how we've kind of dealt with the pandemic. Obviously, we know the importance of tech, but it seems like that 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 importance really took, in some cases, two, three, or four, five steps farther during this last 13 months. Yeah, I think one of the things I talked about at the beginning of the pandemic is how accelerated certain trends that were happening, largely tech trends, would be in the pandemic, including around telework, telehealth, teleeducation, um, and, and, and they have. And certain companies that are in positions in those places have grown enormously in terms of power and, and valuation, including the people who own them. And so it's, a re- it's been a real accelerator for certain things. And mostly, as you've noticed from a lot of the recent reporting, most of the people who have benefited have been tech people. 
what's then the, the is the expectation that tech is going to continue to have a, just a, an enormous control or, or impact on on our lives and our business Sorry. world uh, moving forward? Yes, a hundred percent. I think it's it's going to it's going to more and more determine how everything is done. And so I think one of the things that regulators in Washington and across the world are talking about is who has control of these companies. And most of the companies don't have any regulation, especially compared to other companies that have big influence like oil and gas and uh, chemical companies and financial companies. Even though they seem out of control, they have enormous amounts of regulatory. Uh, control around them, and tech companies just don't at all. Um, and so we've been letting them do that in order to remain innovative over the many years. But these are the biggest and most powerful companies in the world, and so a lot of people are talking about how to regulate them going forward. You also recently spoke with uh, Senator Amy Klobuchar uh, on your Sway mm-hmm. podcast, and, and I'm sure a yep. lot of this was brought up in that conversation. What are her thoughts yep. on, on what lies ahead for big tech? Well, about what? Like, it depends on the thing. I mean, there's issues around privacy. There's issues around data. There's issues around Section 230. And, you know, she's done a lot of, uh, you know, she's looking at the idea of uh, of how decisions are made, how algorithmic decisions are made, how much uh, enforcement needs to be done. She's talking about adding enforcement powers to and enforcement money to things like the FTC and the Justice Department. She's talking about, you know, making sure ads are on it, so they're transparent, um, and there's a whole range of things. There's, there's not one thing, there's not one fix-all for tech, um, and each right. company is different, by the way. Each company has a different challenge, and uh, you don't you don't sort of treat all tech companies the same because they're not all doing the same things, and some of them are not doing anything, actually. And so it's really important to be have a sophisticated tech policy by the government. But one of the things I guess she's been focusing on is the issue of potentially looking at barriers that would prevent dominant companies from scooping up their smaller rivals. Uh, yes, exactly. And that's one of the things that FTC is looking into, um, how they bought a lot of small companies. That's where the real action is. We tend to focus on the very big mega deals, but actually tech companies buying up all kinds of features and technology and stuff like that is also equally important. You don't know where the compet you know if they can buy up the whole landscape you never they're going to they're going to solidify their power that's a that's a very classic giant monopolistic company practice essentially and so it's something we've seen before uh you know in trains or electricity or phones and things like that and yeah. so it's something the u.s government has dealt with before it just happens to be in texas time you also recently had uh tim cook uh apple ceo uh, on your podcast, and a lot was mm-hmm. at the time uh, brought up about uh, the quote that you know he probably couldn't see himself being there in another uh, ten years or so. But what does he view as the role of of big tech right now uh, in terms of our society? Well, they they have their issues themselves around the app store. They're in arguments with developers. In fact, one really significant lawsuit lawsuit with Epic Games, the makers of Fortnite, about their control over the app store. Um, but they and they have issues around manufacturing in China, all, all kinds of stuff like that. But at the same time, they're very committed to privacy, and so they're pushing back really hard and are about to introduce a new thing on their uh, on their platform where you have to opt into uh, tracking by apps, uh, including Facebook. And Facebook has taken, you know, has had a big issue with this, and a lot of companies did. But uh, Apple is really trying to regulate uh, privacy on its on its own platform, and it's doing so by by doing this transparency uh, uh, initiative they're doing with their software. 
And so the the discussions around, as you mentioned with Facebook, but social media mm-hmm. platforms in general and, and uh, the content that is put up on those sites and, yeah. and either left to be there or pulled down, that's a conversation that's obviously still hot and it's probably going to be hot for quite some time, well, even with Facebook yeah, having Facebook, its own oversight board. Yeah, Facebook's oversight board is allegedly independent, but they, um, they, they have the decision about Donald Trump to make, for example. But the problem with that is every decision is made, you know, very slowly. And I think they've made some recent changes where uh, it was about what you take down and now it's what you leave up and different things like that. And so it's, uh, you know, it's a slow-moving organization uh, and, uh, that within not within Facebook, outside of Facebook. But the issue is going to be bigger than that. It's going to take the government to move in. And companies have started to try to self-regulate, like YouTube has started to put out a new report on on not just how many they take down, because that doesn't really tell you anything. That statistics is somewhat meaningless. You don't know how many were edge cases. You don't know how many, et cetera, et cetera. So now they're talking about the impact of stuff they take down, how many people saw them. Um, and so over time, they're not going to be able to self-regulate. They're going to have some regulation. And at the same time, it's really difficult to regulate because we have the First Amendment. And they don't have to, you know, not because of the people posting, but uh, but they can't. Congress can make no law about freedom of speech. And so this is the freedom of speech of these tech companies to do what they want. And so uh, tech companies can take things down because they're not Congress. And so it's super complicated. Uh, so we rely on these tech companies to regulate our our speech, really, essentially, and they're not very good at it uh, and what they do, and it's haphazard, and it also leaves up a lot of really dangerous stuff. So when we've had the hearings on Capitol Hill, it's seemingly been mm-hmm. really a focus around Facebook, Twitter, and Google. But let me throw another name yeah. in there as well, which we talked a little bit early on, and obviously they drew a lot of attention uh, recently with the uh, unionization battle down in Alabama is Amazon. Mm-hmm. And and I, yeah. I made the, the, the comment earlier that realistically, when you're thinking about the world of tech, they may very well be the biggest fish in the pond right now. Um, yeah, I think, yeah, they are. And they're different. Again, as I said, they're not facing the same issues, uh, except around marketplace, controlled marketplace. All of them have that, Apple and, and Google and any others. They control a marketplace and also make products on a marketplace. And a lot of the people on the marketplace worry about the power of the marketplace maker also being in the marketplace, which makes sense. Um, so they have that issue is they have a marketplace and they also sell. And, and a lot of they, they can undercut prices or have data and there's been a little leakage. Um, they also have issues around unionization and not just unionization, but employees, because they've hired hundreds of thousands of people during the pandemic. They've had, they're not the, huge, the biggest employer in the country. I think that might be Walmart. But uh, but they certainly are one of the biggest now. And so they're going to be facing issues around employees and whether the $15 hour wage that they do and the health care benefits is enough. And, and there's all kinds of issues. And it's not it's not ending just because uh, they won the, uh, the vote in Bessemer. That's a very anti-union state. And so they're going to see this pop up on, at, in facilities across the country. Or maybe they'll just locate in anti-union states and that'll be that. But that's not a great look for them. Do you expect at some point we are going to see regulation around big tech? Oh, absolutely. No question. It's in the works. And so, you know, President Biden has appointed two very, uh, very critical people of tech um, in different positions. And it'll be interesting to see who he picks for the antitrust role. It's been debated. It's still being debated. Um, and so, yeah, I think there's going to be some movement. You know, the Trump administration actually is the, is the administration that moved against Google first. 
Um, and obviously it was making yeah. a lot of noise around Section 230, most of it not very smart, but it was actually bringing up the topic. You can, you can say the wrong thing about the right topic. Um, but, you know, they did, they, that was largely based on uh, an untruth, which was that these companies are biased toward the right wing, which they are not. Um, and yeah. uh, there's been no evidence. Let me just say that. There's been no evidence as they just say it. And so uh, a lot of their focus has been on that badly, and it should be on power. Um, Senator Josh Hawley, uh, with his own issues of controversy around his involvement in the capital attacks and his, his point of view then, um, is, has put up all these things around antitrust. Uh, most of his are punitive, like uh, Major League Baseball, just because they do what they want. Yeah. Georgia, yeah. he's now trying to do punitive things against them. But the issue is power. And anyone who's in a regulator should be thinking about that. Anyone who's a politician thinks about too much power in the hands of too few people. That's the big issue, and that's what most politicians who are intelligent are thinking about. Which is interesting because as some of the, the technical elements of, of these hearings have gone on, you, you kind of get the sense of that maybe the lawmakers don't have enough of a grasp on what some of these companies are actually doing. Now, obviously, when you're talking about something like power and control, I think they do have an understanding around that and, and are very wary of it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I think 100%. I mean, I think the issue is we mo- these companies are almost like little governments. They make all kinds of governmental decisions, and they have a huge impact. And, you know, if, if the capital attacks, which were heinous, have any, uh, have any kind of impact on it, it's that these, many of these people have been radicalized on these platforms, and many of these people coordinated over these platforms. And, and the president used the platforms to, to, to say things that were incitement. They were incitement. And so, it, you know, we have to take a hard look at the power of these platforms and who's running them and, and how, we, how we think about power going forward. And, and you know, the, the role of the government is to protect citizens. And so we have to think about if we put power in the hands of too few people, what that means. Thanks very much for your time today. All All the best. Thank you. Kara Schlisher, who you uh, hear as part of the uh, Sway and Pivot podcast for the New York Times, also a weekly columnist for the New York Times opinion section. To keep engaged with Wharton Business Daily and other Wharton School shows, visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.